Come on in the room. Come on in my room. Wow. Jesus is my doctor. I like that. That's old school. That is good old school, honey. Don't nobody understand that. They don't, no, they don't nobody but know. the Lord. They don't know. They don't, don't know. Nobody know what it means but the Lord. Because that's what a real Jesus is in the air. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what a real Come Jesus is. Right there in that in that ad lib. <laughs> that's when that's when the Lord hear you the most. <laughs> ah. Well, let's get this thing started. Hello, I am Mashawn D. Simon. And I am Ashley. Just Ashley. Just Ashley. Just one Jashley. name. Just Jashley. Just Ashley. Just Ashley. Just Jack. What is that? You've never watched Will and Grace? No, never. And that was another episode of Before <laughs> Nine, the podcast. <laughs> the most we thank I know you. about... Uh, we- Will and Grace's uh, Leslie. Oh, That's it. My God, Leslie Beverly, Karen Walker, honey. I don't know about Will or Grace. That's a shame. And you call yourself an ally. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch them white folk. <laughs> and you call yourself an ally. That was groundbreaking television. It was, but. I was not willing Grace aged that demographic when it was hot to try. I understood when people were excited when it came back, but that wasn't. Ding, I was ding, watching ding, Girlfriends. In the game. And the game? The game. You chose the game over Will and Grace? Absolutely. Trash. You're trash. No, the game is trash. <laughs> no, the game was an amazing show. No, it was not. Like two or three seasons. When they shifted the storyline. But it was bomb. It was not. It was. Did you ever watch the show? I watched it from beginning to end. And so it must not have been that bad. I was trying to be supportive, but it was still trash TV. It's the same it way I feel about Martin. I was going to support it, but it was still bad. The game? The game. <sighs> we might need to rethink this friendship. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. You don't want love in the game. You're going to lose that on me. <laughs> you you gonna pick the game over me? <laughs> that's that's what we doing. Ooh we hunty. Well, hello everyone. We are still quarantined. Well, and um, you and me are the whole state of Georgia. Not though, y'all know what <laughs> Georgia. Our governor said we could do what we want to do if we want to do it. Girl, did you see them numbers, though? Them Child. numbers have gone. There's like 600-something new cases in just three days. Child. Now, I do also understand that part of that is because there are more tests available. However, I am very curious as to how many of those cases, like when people started to feel mm-hmm. their symptoms, because, you know, they keep telling us that sometimes the symptoms can lie dormant for like two weeks. But the people that I know that have ended up positive – 
ended up having symptoms two to five days after they were exposed. Wow. So I'm like, when exactly did you get sick? And did you get sick from going to the barbershop on Friday or to get a pedicure on Saturday? And now you, it ain't that serious, y'all. It's not, and that's what I'm saying. Like, everything's not even open. I can see if the club was open, the bar was open. Like, what, what you getting a haircut for? Where you going? What you getting your nails and toes done? Like, what? Well, well, you did you see the videos of the people going to the house party in Chicago or at, at Gresham Park here in Decatur? I heard about house parties happening and getting busted up, but I didn't see a video. Yes, there's a video of a house party in Chicago because apparently, allegedly, from what I read today, this girl was saying that the reason why she went to the house party is because one of her friends was shot and killed. And so the party was, was meant to celebrate that person's life. Mm-mm. I'm like, you and had all a house gonna party. Die of COVID. You had a house party where you don't potentially expose 50 to 100 other people. You had a bottomless stripper to celebrate the life of a friend who got shot oh, and killed. Okay. That, 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 that's what we're doing. Wow. That That's what we're doing. And here in Decatur, Gresham Park, it was. Gresham Park was packed. Folks showing off their cars. All out and about in the park. Well, you know, a lot of us don't think we can catch COVID. Like, I'm I'm gonna save this, I'm gonna just speak on this real briefly because we're gonna talk about this in a later episode. But I have was dating virtually mm-hmm. during this COVID season. I stopped and I was like, Well, you know what? You and we Tiffany in quarantine, have. you know, yeah, right. Tiffany and Common doing it. Let me just um, <laughs> maybe I'm gonna find my common. <laughs> hey, can't do it. And Nicholas was really trying to meet up, and I'm yeah. like, "Do you not understand?" And, yeah. and and given the 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 reasoning, like, "Oh, I'm not sick. I'm sure you're not sick." Well, first of all, I don't know if I'm you not don't sick. Know that. You don't know where you've been. I could be asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. Like you could give it to me, I could give it to you, and we dead because you want to see me. No, mm-hmm. foolish, just dumb, thirsty. Thirsty, horny, horny, dumb, stupid. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. So black people, y'all know we can get it. Y'all done seen the news reports. Like, come on, y'all, be smart. Have they seen the news reports? Are they watching the news? Well, are they paying attention? That's true. We don't know. We don't know. Oh, my people, my people. Well, we. Are still some quarantine, Ashley right. and I, <laughs> in our respective homes. Uh, and today we are, what do we want to do first? I ask you this every episode. You do. You've been asking me that a lot this season. I'm going to let you decide. I'm indifferent. Do, 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 you going too slow. Because I think there was a delay. So what I was hearing. Oh, you were trying to make up for the delay? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to see how it turn out. Girl, who, know, who knows how this going to turn out. Um, Let's talk about. Well, I'll go ahead and launch in. So um, breaking news. So. I think in the past, in past episodes, we've talked a little bit about um, my life, my purpose, my calling. Um, I know that in one episode, Ashley, when we were playing Nine Questions, Ashley made the statement of me being pastoral. I did. That was our first one. 
Yes, and she was right because in March of this year, <laughs> as always, she was right. In March of this year, I was named assistant pastor at the church in which I serve, House of Mercy Everlasting. Ooh, I named a church. Hmm. Oh, well, I was named assistant pastor at the church in which I serve here in the metropolitan Atlanta area, and it has been an intriguing experience, to say the least. And I know I say that a lot, but it's true. Like, one, I don't know if I ever really thought that a moment like this would be. Not that I don't believe that I have religious leadership pastoral sensibilities but to be named a thing and then to operate in a thing is is daunting for one and for two you really come to recognize your own strengths but uh, but also your own weaknesses um, leading a flock caring for people in a certain capacity especially now but just in general it's it's a heavy weight it's a really heavy weight and so um the pastor of my church approached me at the end of last year 2019 with a conversation about the future of my well i take that back he approached me with a conversation around um the realities in which we face. He is he is having some health challenges and very much invested into um, a battle for his, his healing. Mm-hmm. And so this conversation presented itself of me stepping up um, in, in an official capacity, if you will, um, and, and being the assistant pastor of this church. And what was interesting is him and a lot of other people kept saying, well, you've already been doing it. Now we're just giving you the title. But then to be given the title, it has definitely been a different kind of experience. And so we were planning on making the announcement officially at a church service around our anniversary in either March or April. And then COVID-19 happened. Right. And as a result of COVID-19 happening, we had to readjust how, as well as every other um, responsible ministry in this country, in this world, we had to rethink how we did worship and how we engaged and connected with our people. And so one Sunday in the midst of one of our, what I call our virtual worship experiences, he just blurted out and we're naming Elder Mashan assistant pastor. And I was just like, Oh, so we're doing this right now. Like this, this is happening literally right now Mm -hmm. um, on Facebook Live. And so I have, while I've unofficially been sort of operating in the role for a while now, as he has been taking care of his health, I am officially walking in this office, walking in this call uh, as of March of this year so it's been about a month almost a month not quite a month what month are we in april it's been over a month it's it's about a month now it's been about a month 
in, in this new reality and walking into a new position while at the same time being in the midst of a pandemic is not anything I ever wish on anybody. So, so have you taken on responsibilities that you didn't, that you didn't think you would? Of, of course, every, everything is changing and we're in the middle of this crisis, but right. how, how has it been different than you imagined it would be? Well, different in a lot of ways. I mean, first off, different in just how we do worship and how we engage with our people, which everybody is experiencing. But then at the same time, there's a different mindset. There's a different way of just being, period. Like, in one way, prior to all of this, I was just one of the other leaders in the church. Um, And now I am... I am, um, in a lot of ways, an, an authority figure now in a different kind of way. Yeah. And and while, again, I sort of had been operating in that space already when he, you know, would, would be out for extended periods of time due to his health, it, it, it is it's different, it's different now because there's a different... There's a different expectation. There's a different way of being. There's a different way of, of sort of presenting that I didn't have before. At the same time, there's a different level of commitment that I didn't have before. Um, and so it's harder to be off, if you will, um, because you are now one of the pastors. And that makes you responsible for making decisions about what is and what is not um, in a different kind of way. I don't know if any of that makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Um, how, how, do you, how do you see ministry in the church changing at this time? At this time, it's, we're having to be a lot more creative and a lot more innovative because people are restricted in a different kind of way. And so finding ways to be connected to the people in which you serve um, is a challenge Um, because you can't, when someone is sad or mourning or afraid, you can't just reach out and touch. You can't just jump in the car and go see about them. Mm -hmm. You can't just sit with them and spend time with them and let them know that everything is okay now it has to be done in a phone call or on a computer screen or via a text message. And so that is different and it's challenging and it's restrictive. At the same time, I, I, because of my time in seminary, am very much committed to this idea that all preachers, teachers, ministers have to, um, to borrow a phrase attributed to Karl Barth, um, have to operate with the Bible in one hand and newspaper in the other. And so how do you be relevant <clears throat> when it comes down to preaching and teaching and ministering to God's people from a distance in the midst of a pandemic? And none of us have ever really had to do that before. Right. Um, and so that is very different. But what I, what I appreciate about the ministry in which I am involved with is, the, is that we, while there is this quote-unquote hierarchy of leadership, we don't operate in that mindset. So nobody is, no. there are leaders, you know, I'm, I'm an assistant pastor, 
there's an associate pastor, um, <clears throat> and then there are other ministers, but we share the responsibility of decision-making. We share the responsibility of um, worship planning. We're sharing these responsibilities while I am also still having to operate in a space of being mindful of what our pastor will want when he isn't around. Um, so it takes a lot of juggling and balancing and politicking and patience. Mm-hmm. It's work. Yeah. It has really caused me to also think about my future as far as where I am personally, professionally, ministerially, and emotionally. Um, so, like, I have to be mindful of, well, my husband made it clear when we first got together that he had no desire to be a first gentleman, if you will, mm-hmm. um, or to be married to a pastor, and yet here we are. Right. And so I have to <clears throat> be mindful of that. So when it comes to making ministry decisions or doing ministry things, we have to have check-ins because I have to make sure he's not neglected. Um, and that's work. Um, being in ministry almost full-time and also working a full-time job is a lot of work and can be challenging and can be draining. Um, being in ministry and also having personal life situations like my aunt died in the midst of this COVID-19 situation around the same time that I was named assistant pastor of this church. And mm-hmm. so, you know, trying to be present for myself, but also be present for the congregants and the members and also dealing with my stuff and my fears and my pain um, was challenging and a lot of work. Um, and so it takes being very present and aware with self and fair with self. And uh, I have a standing appointment with my therapist via telehealth every two weeks. That's great. Yep. She's great. She's part of the reason why I redecorated my office. I like her. She's good. From what you told me, at least I like her. She's good. She's good peeps. She <laughs> She's interesting, but she's good peeps. And she challenges me um, in a way that is not difficult compared to how other therapists have been that I've had. She challenges me in a way that I don't feel... Because, you know, I've told you about other therapists who have, like, yeah. gotten me together. And she hasn't done that. Um, she's always handled it. She's always been honest with me and stern with me when she needed to be and in ways that are fair. So, yeah. She's been a big help. That's good. Big, 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 big help. So, yep. That's the big news. Mashana's has been elevated. And uh, there's going to be more where that came from. <laughs> it's an interesting time, and there are interesting things happening, um, even in the midst of COVID-19. Yes. Life has not hap- Life has not stopped. Life has it's not. It's picked up in a lot of ways for both of us. Yeah, it has. Absolutely. And in this next segment, we're going to talk about how it's picked up for you. <laughs> he. I guess that's the theme for for this episode. I guess so. Huh? We always have a theme, <laughs> even without it realizing. Comes together organically, a, yeah. It, it always comes together organically. Well, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, 
we're going to share a little bit about what Ashley's been up to since COVID-19. Racks on racks on racks. Hey. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> Okay, here I am. We're going to talk about, I guess we're talking about the Esther James collection? I guess so. Specifically, these masks. Honey. Honey. Mask on, mask on, mask. Hey, mask on. Mask off. But don't keep the masks on. Um, please keep the mask on. Please, please keep the masks on. Um, So... Were you about to, you were taking a breath like you was about to say something. I was, but go, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Intro no, me, intro no, no, no. me. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So um, th- we were, in our notes, we talked about this segment being around entrepreneurship. And as y'all heard at the end of the last segment, it kind of became, well, what have we been up to and the new things that we've taken on since mm-hmm. we've been in this pandemic? So one of the things that I've taken on, um, which has kind of taken over my yeah. life yeah. in a way, in a very big way tearing up making, scissors and stuff child is making fabric masks so for those of you who don't know i went to in addition to graduating from the hampton university um with a degree in broadcast journalism i also went back to school for fashion design in my mid-20s learned how to sew did my first collection and I was playing with it kind of sort of like mm-hmm. i've been playing with um, I've, you know, sold head wraps and I've sold clothing, I've sold skirts, but nothing like as intense as things, as things have gotten since this pandemic has started. So almost a month now I've been making fabric masks. So mm-hmm. it started off with my best friend, both my sisters, like, oh, you should just make some masks. Like, okay, whatever. I'm, this is a pandemic. I'm off from work. I'm trying to take it easy. At that time, work was super crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, nah, I ain't doing it. Then one Saturday morning, I had this crazy dream. I won't tell you all about it. I had this crazy dream. And then God woke me up. He was like, go sew some masks. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> my attitude had completely changed about the whole situation. So I got up and my plan was to make masks for my family and my loved ones, me, Keisha, my best friends, you know, my immediate family and a few other folks. And then in the midst of that, I was like, all right, well, let's just do this. Mm-hmm. So let's just do this turned into me promoting that I had 100 masks the day after I made the batch for my family. That sold out in like 30 minutes. And they, right. <laughs> they sold out and it was like more like 90 minutes, but still like. It was crazy. It was was super crazy. And then we put out another set, another maybe three or four days later. And then those sold out Mm -hmm. in like a few hours. And then we put out another set and those sold out in like 12 hours. And so we've been putting out, I say we, because me and my best friend, Keisha, who I live with, um, she's been my sturdy assistant. Yeah. um, Cutting and uh pressing production line yeah it's like for real like a production line between the two of us um we just been whipping them out and it's been just really crazy like i've been personally i've been praying for another stream of income all year Mm -hmm. and it's just i'm just in awe that 
God would do it like now yeah. in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and it's, it's, it's incredible and it's tiring, but I feel very blessed, um, to be able to, to do this work and, you know, to make some extra money off of it during a time where unfortunately so many people are, um, you know, have lost income and who are really going through. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's yeah, it, 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 one, it creates a comment and two, it creates a question. The comment being, I was talking to some friends of mine who are broadcast journalists um, in the Ohio area, and they were talking to me about their married couple, about how since the pandemic has started, they have been having very intentional conversations around what gifts and talents they have that they can utilize in the midst of the pandemic. And what do those gifts and talents produce or provide for them beyond the pandemic? And I was telling them how impressed I have been with the people I know who have tapped into this level of creative expression that is also providing services for for those, for those of us that are in need in a different kind of way. So it's almost like you all who are producing these masks and other things to help us survive are on the front lines of this pandemic and how impressive it is that you were able to tap into something that is just innate in you and also a passion for you to provide a resource for us. Mm. Like it, it's, it's daunting. No, daunting isn't the word I want to use. I've used that twice in this episode. I'm not <laughs> using it again. But it is impressive that you would be gifted in such a way and then have the one of the things that I have always been not necessarily envious of you about, but just sort of like she did that is how you as a creative have been able to utilize your creative to have purpose, to have impact um, above and beyond just doing something because you can do it like you and all your creativeness and all your creative ability always produce things that help others in the long run. So it's like serving your purpose and your and the will that God has for you and also helping save us. And I I thank God to be able to witness that. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Because you're doing the damn thing. You gonna have me crying. And girl, you've been crying nonstop for a month now. Girl, it's the quarantine. It's the quarantine. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's hot. So you're on what the third, fourth wave of this thing now? Fifth. Fifth I'm wave. Finishing of this up thing. the fifth wave in a month, in less than a month actually. It's been less than a month. And so then the other question I have for you is, where are you getting the fabric from? From the fabric store. So, so you've been going to the fabric store. Mm-hmm. Girl. And your hazmat suit? (laughs) (laughs) Child, yeah, masked up, uh, hand sanitizer on my keys, trying to stay away from folk. It's, that's like, it's, I'm not as anxious about it as Mm -hmm. I was initially, but Mm -hmm. it is like a, it is a thing, like trying to go get fabric from the fabric store. It's like, let me hurry up and get the hell up out of here. But right. it's like, it's so busy in there. And, you know, other really? People are, yeah. Like, that's the thing. Wow. Like, other people are in there 
getting materials, trying to make masks. And the place that I go to, it's like a warehouse. It's huge. Wow. And it's there are more people in there than I've ever seen. I've been going to this fabric store since I was in design school six plus years ago. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. That's probably the, the most nerve-wracking part about it. That and feeling the pressure of like, okay, people need this mm-hmm. product. Like, mm-hmm. I have to, after I even make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. then also trying to balance like, okay, I can't be up sewing until two o'clock in the morning. Like, right. you know what I mean? So There's a self-care component to mm, it as well. Absolutely. Right. And I'm still trying to learn that that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think we all are trying to figure out a self-care component to it because for for those that are creative and providing a service, um, in the midst of this pandemic, that is giving them release, giving you mm-hmm. all release, but it can also be draining and it can also create wear and tear on your body and your psyche. Mm-hmm. And so how do you find the balance? So what have you been doing to create the balance or are you just pressing through? I was pressing through for a couple of weeks there, but last week was the first week that I tried to kind of slow down a little bit mm-hmm. and kind of make more of a, a schedule. So like okay. Keisha and I have been talking about, okay, we're going to put them out on these days and then we'll have, give ourselves this amount of days to, to get them out. And we're still whipping them out pretty quickly, but I'm not like pedal to the metal, yeah. you know, 24 yeah. seven trying to get them out in a day or two. Um, like I was in the beginning. So, and then I'm also, mm-hmm trying to fold things back into what I usually do. So like I wasn't working out. I didn't work out for three weeks. I just started working back out this week. Um, I haven't been writing, so I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, start folding those things back into, you know, my daily life that I thought I would be able to kind of focus on more right. Um, right. during this time away from work. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm getting back little by little. Mask on, mask on, mask. Hey, mask on, mask on, mask. Well, like I'm proud that. of you. Good Thank job. You. Thank you. Good job, Ashley James. The Ashley James Collection can be found <laughs> on Etsy. <laughs> yes, at Ashley James Collection, all one word. Hey. Oh, she ready. She, she ready. ready. Well, good. Anything else? Anything else we want to discuss? I don't think so. I think that's it. Elvis was telling me the other day... Um, so he got behind on a couple episodes because he would normally listen to the episodes on his way to work. Yeah. And since he has not been have had not to go to work, the way that whole sentence came together. <laughs> <laughs> and since he has not had to leave the house to go to work in the past month, he got behind on episodes. And so he started listening to them in his office as he's been feeling because he's been filling orders as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband has a T-shirt business, East Qualities Design. And got a big order recently um, from a, from a friend of a friend from the partner of a friend who was a nurse for um, Nurses oh. Appreciation Week, and uh, he said, "So I decided to go ahead and get caught up on the episodes, and y'all had one episode that was like an hour long, and I was like, yeah, we did.' <laughs> He's like, "Have y'all ever had an hour long episode before?" And when I thought about it, it was the nine questions episode. And every time we do a nine mm-hmm. questions episode, those are our longest episodes. Okay. And so he was really shocked because he was like, the week before, the episode was like 27 minutes. <laughs> and I he was like, us? yeah, cl- I was like, are you sure 27 minutes? <laughs> he was like, maybe more like 32 minutes. 
but this other one was like 58 minutes. I was like, sir, stop it. Stop keeping track of our episodes. My, my mom called me right before we, like five minutes before we started recording. And I told her I was about to record. And she was like, all right, well, before she got to one, she said, tell Marshawn. <laughs> I said hello and tell him to tell Elvis that I said hello. <laughs> Like she got, she got Elvis down. She, she got Elvis, name, but she she loved to play. So she liked playing with me. <laughs> you gonna stop playing with me, lady? I told Amanda the other day um, on Instagram, and she put up this picture of her in them braids, and I said, "Girl, you look like your mama. You look just like <laughs> your mama." She was like, "I know." I was like, "And that's all right, cause both of y'all are cute. <laughs> all y'all are cute. Yes. Them jeans. I don't know what that is, <laughs> but y'all are pretty ladies. Thank you." Well, we're going to close this episode out before it gets too long and my husband has something to say. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. Today's quote comes from Lucille Ball and Megan Pete. Ability is of little account without opportunity. I'm a savage. Classic, bougie. Ratchet. Ratchet. <laughs> I, I had a feeling I knew who Megan Pete was. <laughs> you be trying to figure out who some of these people are. I do. Mm. I had to figure that one out. Speaking of which, you know that the um at the time of this recording, not to prolong the episode, the but remix? um yeah, the remix. I haven't listened to it yet because we you know we had a meeting before this and then we came right into the recording. So I gotta I gotta get off here and listen to the remix with Beyonce. Mm-hmm. That's how I came up with it because um I heard the remix before the recording. <laughs> 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 I heard the remix right before the court recording. Okay. Yep. Well, all right, y'all. Y'all be good, be safe, and we'll see you next time.